0: Welcome back to The Daily Poem. I'm David Kern, and today is Monday, August 17th, 2020. So as I was preparing for this week's list of episodes, I was checking on some, you know, when different poets have birthdays. So I like to check, you know, this month or this week or whatever. And I had forgotten to check August previously. Um, and I think it that August might be the month that has the most uh, famous poet's birthdays. I mentioned Wendell Berry's birthday was August 5th, but also throughout August we have Rupert Brooke, Hayden Carruth, Percy Shelley, Robert Hayden, Conrad Aiken, Tennyson, um, Sarah Teasdale, John Dryden, Philip Larkin, Louise Bogan, Robert Southey, Donald Justice, J.D. McClatchy, Mary Jo Salter, Sir Walter Scott, Charles Bukowski, Charlotte Grimke, Wilfred Brunt, Marcus Garvey, John Hawks, Ted Hughes, Ogden Nash, Dorothy Parker, Robert Herrick, Bret Hart. I mean, it just keeps on going and going. Uh, And I, you know, I'm not even, I read about half of the month. Today's poem is by one of those people, Ted Hughes. His birthday is today, August 17th. He was born in 1930. Throughout the rest of this month, though, what I want to do is dedicate it to poets who had birthdays this month. So um, because today is Ted Hughes' birthday, we're going to start there, but then I'm going to track back and forth a little bit over the, the last half of August to honor these various poets. Some of them you'll have heard before, some of them you probably won't have heard of or heard from on this podcast. So today we're going to start with Ted Hughes, as I say. He was an English poet, translator. He also wrote children's books. He was poet laureate in 1984 and held the office until his death. Uh, was famously married to American poet Sylvia Plath as well. The poem that I'm going to read today is called The Thought Fox. It goes like this. I imagine this midnight moment's forest. Something else is alive beside the clock's loneliness and this blank page where my fingers move. Through the window I see no star, Something more near, though deeper within darkness, is entering the loneliness. Cold, delicately as the dark snow, a fox's nose touches twig, leaf. Two eyes serve a movement that now and again, now and now and now, sets neat prints into the snow between trees. And warily a lame shadow lags by stump and in hollow of a body that is bold to come across clearings, an eye, a widening, deepening greenness, brilliantly concentratedly coming about its own business till with a sudden sharp, hot stink of fox, it enters the dark hole of the head. The window is starless still. the clock ticks. the page is printed. There's a few things that I like about this poem that I want to point out. A few things that make it, I think, a satisfying poem. I think the primary one is the way that the poem brackets this narrative about the fox with, of course, the, the poet's own consciousness. And I think that the way that it comes back around at the end, back into the poet's consciousness, is, is a really uh, satisfying construct. Because, of course, we start out with this image of the clock's loneliness and the blank page where the fingers move. Of course, the clock's loneliness is the the poet's loneliness. It's the poet's inability to find companionship in his words, to, to create friends of language. But then he allows his mind to wander and his imagination to, to play and to to explore. And it creates a narrative that is both a contemplation of the nature of creativity, but also a deeply... Um, lovely set of descriptions, a set of images. Uh, you see um, Hughes' ability to, to weave the images together in a way that are extremely vivid. And then it comes back around again, of course. And in the end, the, the sharp hot stink of Fox enters the dark hole of the head. And whereas we had left his head, we are literally back inside his head again. And then the page is printed. Part of me wonders if the the poem might have been more interesting, had it simply ended. The window is starless still, the clock ticks, and let there be some stasis there. But of course, the the structure of the first stanza suggests that there's a blank page where his fingers are moving, and then, in the end, the page is page is printed. So the the the, the construct of the poem would suggest that that line works. But I do I do wonder if there'd be more mystery, more more uh more drama to the poem if it just ended with the clock ticking um but this is a this is a classic ted hughes poem um and yet another poem about poetry uh it turns out that poets like to write about the uh the art itself <laughs> as you know from listening to this podcast I I don't want to talk about this too much um but if you are interested in learning more about this poem do a little deep dive into his life because it was the poem itself was inspired by by a dream that that Hughes had that involved a fox so I think this poem stands on its own without knowing that but if you want to to learn a little bit, little bit more just google this poem and you'll you'll be able to uh, find find some more out about it with that I will read it one more time and then we'll say farewell for today Ted Hughes's The Thought Fox. I imagine this midnight moment's forest. Something else is alive beside the clock's loneliness in this blank page where my fingers move. Through the window I see no star. Something more near, though deeper within darkness, is entering the loneliness. Cold, delicately as the dark snow, a fox's nose... Touches twig, leaf. Two eyes serve a movement that now and again, now and now and now, sets neat prints into the snow between trees, and warily a lame shadow lags by stump and in hollow of a body that is bold to come across clearings. An eye, a widening, deepening greenness, brilliantly, concentratedly coming about its own business till with a sudden, sharp, hot stink of fox it enters the dark hole of the head. The window is starless still. The clock ticks. The page is printed. This has been The Daily Poem. I'll be back tomorrow with another poem for you.